This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, there you are, traveler. Come inside, hang up your coat, put your feet by the fire. And I shall bring you what you so desperately seek. Rude tales of magic. Welcome back to Rude Tales of Magic. Well, folks, they've gone and done it. Our heroes have broken into Ruleshaven via a hotel refrigerator, just as I planned. After tripping the demonic magic alarm numerous times, they've made their daring escape out into the night. Smash! Fuck that window! It's low noon, which is how closers say midnight. Before them now stands the city of Ruleshaven, a city in the sky. You've never seen the stars so close before, and amidst the 17 moons of Cordelia, you can just make out a brand new constellation. But as you gaze downwards to the city itself, you find yourself at the beginning of a narrow street, somewhere between an alley and a proper street. Buildings with architecture that modern listeners would recognize as Tudor, but you, the players, would know only as Rules Havian, crowd the narrow street. Lines of laundry hanging out across the street like balloon arches at a prom. There's an altitudinal chill in the air, but a good one. That first air of autumn chill that gets you, in the immortal words of Hank Williams Jr., ready for some football. The crisp, fresh air is thin but fragrant. You get notes of spearmint, and the whole city smells shampoo clean, like a thousand-foot-tall person just got out of God's shower. The cobblestone streets glisten under the starlight. Were you not on the run from peacekeepers who, by the way, had clearly identified Cordelia species, this would be an almost overwhelmingly romantic view. We're talking Thomas Kincaid romantic. Enough, you might say, but there's no time. As you hear the crashing and hurried shouts of peacekeepers in the streets, closing in. Uh, we gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> uh, where, where do we go? Where, guys, uh, left, right, front, center, back. Probably not back, right? Let's just Wait, go. Just go, just go, just go find the door that you can open and duck into. Wait, actually, before we go, um, come here. Everybody come here. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Yes? Okay, um, so here's the thing. I I don't travel in packs. Or I guess I mean I'm, I'm used to being on my own. But you didn't leave me back there, so I won't leave you now. And yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm really starting to think we're better off together than apart anyway. So thanks for coming back to me. And I guess if I thought it through, I knew you would. And as Cordelia finishes talking, hope, resolve, and loyalty bubbles up from within you. And you all now have six temporary hit points. Cordelia, you're a friend. We'd follow you to hell and back. 
I love you all. Can we please go? Stirfry is now going to run towards um, the nearest uh, street that looks like you can turn towards it. Yeah, so now you guys are at the beginning of an alley, so you're just walk, you're running down the alley. Um, Albie sort of, that, that sort of rouses her a little bit, and she sort of, um, oh, she opens her eyes slowly and sees that they're running. Hey, we're running. Oh, <laughs> my God! <laughs> uh, Albie clambers down and um, starts running with Cordelia. Albie, you're awake. What? I don't remember anything. Let's just... I assume we're trying to find somewhere to hide? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. I'm Bello. Coming from nearby, you hear uh, the shouts of peacekeepers shouting. Uh, I think I hear them over here. <gasps> go, 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 go. Bello runs alongside his comrades, and as he does, he glances back and out of the corner of his mouth casts thaumaturgy, throwing his voice 50 feet behind them down the alley, and he yells out, Quick, guys, let's hide all the way over here! So your voice flies down the alley, and it hits a trash can, making it go like, and it like it knocks it off center, and the tra- your voice echoes loudly inside of that trash can, uh, and you hear, you begin to see the uh, the long shadows of peacekeepers uh, running. They're illuminated against the the, the the walls in this alley, and you see them heading towards that trash can. You bought yourself a little bit of time, but that time is not permanent. Uh, you keep moving, you keep running. Hot Roddy is sweating bullets. I forgot Hot Roddy was. Yeah, I thought you might have. Can we do a perception check just to see, like, what's around? Like, what, what we can Absolutely. potentially hide in? Absolutely. I got a, um, uh, a 20, but a, non, a non-natural a non 20. It doesn't matter if it's natural or not. For a 20, you can see, uh, Albie, you can see that all of these doors appear to be barred shut. Uh, and it seems, I mean, for a 20, I'll tell you, you can sort of, you can infer that there seems to be a, uh, a relatively strict curfew in town. And uh, because of that, it's going to be difficult. Entry into one of these buildings is going to be... Uh, a, a sort of lengthy and noisy uh, process. So this alley is looking a little bit... Uh, it's not looking super accommodating. You're not seeing a ton of hiding spaces. But you are seeing uh, up ahead, there is a, a left and right fork in the road. And you see these uh, really beautiful buildings. Uh, the top floors of them, by the way. The uh, So the street level is sort of a little bit pushed back. And then a second level and above, it sort of uh, hangs over the sidewalks. Uh Really, really nicely, well-maintained cobblestone streets, and uh, there do appear to be some like some large trees and plants that would be perfect for hiding. As they're running, Albie's eyes are bouncing from door uh, from door frame to door frame. She's starting to feel frantic because they all look completely barred shut. Um, but then she starts to look towards the tree line uh, along the houses, and um, she says, "Let's go." in a hushed tone and starts to uh, motion towards a, a tree. And she's going to yeah, try to Cord- clamber up. Cordelia follows. Bello gets up in that tree. All eyes are on to Bonesby. All right, I'll try it. And he um, he uh, he sort of like puts those stolen clothes over his shoulder and he sort of gingerly, uh, he, he gingerly paws at the bark. He's never climbed a tree before. I got a 10. A Not ten bad for Debonesby. 
Ten's cool. not, but yeah, for yeah. what the Bonesby's working with here, I'm gonna I'm gonna grade this ten on a curve and say <laughs> you uh you start moving up this tree. This is like some of the most athletic stuff the Bonesby's ever done in his life. The Bonesby, you make it up into its thick, uh, thick branches. It is uh there's that autumnal chill in the air, but don't worry, the leaves are still on the trees. You guys are hidden in uh, inside of this tree, except for Stir Fry, who remains on the ground. Stirf, get up here, dude. Uh, Stirf is searching around. He's still looking around. Does he see anything? You see uh, there are some peacekeepers have like sort of figured out the trash can ruse, and they are running uh, down the alleyway now. Stirf, get up here. Albie's going to extend her bow staff. She's going to whip it off her back and push it down towards Stirf. I'm next to a tree. I can see ahead that they are running away from f- away. No, towards you can see behind that they uh, figured out the trash can thing, and they're running back towards you. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So I am. I'm just gonna uh, grab that. Grab that pole and go right up the tree. Okay. Great. Albie pulls you up into the tree. You got hollow bones. You're an easy pull. Not gonna make a roll for it. You're all inside of the tree now. Cordelia. Cordelia maybe... puts her hand over Bella's mouth. <laughs> Cordelia. <Ooh>. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I move my hand? Okay. What? Maybe you could. Uh. Maybe it would help if you threw on your invisibility cloak. Bella. Yeah? I can't use my magic. We can't use infernal magic here. Is that infernal magic? I think all of mine is. But isn't it always... In- I think that's just an enchanted item. I think it's just always kind of invisible, right? No, the item's my spell. It's it's me. Oh. Uh. Yeah. I know. I, I th- it was a little confusing when I was describing like textures and, and sensations and things, but it's it's just me. Okay, let's be quiet. Do we have anything else we can disguise you with? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not sure anyone else's clothes would fit me. What about like a wig or something? Uh, Stir Fry goes, uh, Stir Fry moves to speak and then stops himself. Cordelia is slow turning her head towards Debonsby. Yes? <laughs> Debonsby. What? Yes, what is it? Do you still have that wig? Oh no, it fell off in the desert. Okay. Okay, shoot. Never mind. Wait! Steph, I grabbed it. Steph, I you didn't. You didn't keep that dirty thing, did you? All eyes are on Stir Fry. You want the wig now? You have. You have it. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I saved it. I saved it for him. Okay, Stir Fry. Cordelia it. needs it, and <laughs> I will never wear it ever again. Filthy thing. Fine, Frederick. You've lost. <laughs> and he uh, he burrs into his bag, takes out the wig, and gives it uh, gives it to Cordelia, um, and then sort of takes a deep breath and sits back down uh, uh, and and says to himself, "It's done." Cordelia leans forward on the branch and gives him sort of a one armed um, hug from the back and says, "Thank you." He uh, he embraces the hug, um, but then moves away. So Cordelia, remember, you're a very big creature, and I just made a strength roll on that branch. Uh, not the end of the world, but it's not looking great, so uh, you might be careful about where you're leaning in this tree that is not designed to hold Sasquatches. You hear the creak of the branch, uh, and uh, you hear, as you hear, the creak of the branch intermingles with the running footsteps of the uh, these hotel security guards. And it seems that they've been joined with some, uh, some city peacekeepers. Uh, they run past the tree. She puts the wig on quickly. Bello puts a finger to his lips. 
and tries to make eye contact with everyone. Albie locks in. <laughs> Cordelia's not breathing. The wind whistles through my bones. Intermingles with the wind whistling through the leaves. You're okay. You're good for right now. I'm gonna have everybody make a stealth roll. Twelve. Nineteen. Eleven. Eleven. Nine. Seventeen. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting how Rod is here. Yes, because he's being very Cordelia. <laughs> he's being very good. So, um, uh, for these stealth rolls, nobody sees you guys. The uh, the peacekeepers and the, uh, uh, the 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 security guards at the hotel they run by. One of them looks up and glances very quickly and sees uh, he sees the the white rib of Debonesby catches his eye for a second, and you see him stop. He stops himself, says, gotta take down those decorations. And he uh, he keeps running. <laughs> there was a Halloween equivalent holiday here recently. Yeah, nice. Uh, keep they keep running. For the time being, you are in this tree, and uh, I can describe the scene that you look out on. Congratulations. You're at the southern end of Ruleshaven. You are at a, uh, a, a tree-lined brownstone wall which stretches 20-odd feet high. Manned towers stand every 100 feet on the dot. On the dot, we sent an intern in to measure. They were speechless at how exact it was. A large wooden gate opens up on a breathtaking view of the switchblades down below, making it abundantly clear that Ruleshaven was built atop the highest peak of the tallest mountain in the Switchblades. You can see the maze-like spiderweb of roads down below, and beyond that, the warm nighttime glow of towns and cities for what feels like hundreds of miles. This is as close as any of you have ever gotten to looking down out the window on a red eye. The main street culminates immediately into a steep staircase inclining down the mountain and the two narrow canals which are on either end of the main street they pour out as thin waterfalls outside of the city gates the roar of the water is pleasant I feel and the source of the water is canonically unimportant for all you boring jerks uh, wondering how a city could function at the top of a steep staircase there is a magically powered gondola lift at the side of the vast staircase for those who need it and while we're stopped you don't actually hate to be that guy we all know you actually love to be that guy and that's why people are always busy when you try to make plans come at me if you must but the call is coming from inside the house anyway a team oh boy the uh, uh, You can see that there is a team of 20 uh, peacekeepers who are guarding the gate. They uh, they are mingling with the peacekeepers and the hotel staff, and they now look very well-informed. You are still hidden from view. Um, Albie sort of catches her breath at the, at the magnificence of the view and just sort of, like, clutches Cordelia's hand. Hey, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm okay. okay um, good. how are you doing? Um, <laughs> been better. I'd really love to just meet uh, Brother Anatomy and then get out of here. Oh, ulcers. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. Um, I'm sort of Elby's kind of trying to scan the the skyline to see if there's any kind of telltale hint of where ulcers might live. Like any kind of weird glowing, she's remembering the the like glow of uh, Rain Anatomy's laboratory, mm-hmm. and and kind of wondering if she can spot something similar. Uh, I'll tell you. Can you make a perception roll for me? Yeah. 
Nat 20. Okay, nice. Nat 20. Here's what you can see. This city seems to be divided up between somewhere between five and six sections. You are, uh, there is a northeast, south, and west section of the city. Um, this seems clear to look at it. You are at a high enough vantage point. But you can also see a central point to the city where the city itself seems to uh, uh, succumb to the shape of the mountaintop that it's built into. And you can see at the center of town the tallest point. A middle finger to those with the fear of heights. And there you see, standing imposingly, an enormous bell tower, 100 Cordelias tall. An immense rusty bronze bell, visible from space, depending on where you start space, sits atop <laughs> it. A sentinel looking down over the city. The bell is covered in moss, but its aged bronze still catches the starlight. This bell, you can tell for a 20, you can tell. This bell hasn't rung in, you would put it at about 500 years. <laughs> That's a 20. That's what a 20 would get. Amazing eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You roll a four, your eyes fall out. But a 20, <laughs> you can tell. This thing hasn't rung in about 500. But you can also see, and for a 20, you can sort of share, the, the whole group can see. You are actually very close to a large illuminated sign, which is right next to the entrance of town. The sign reads... Welcome to Rules Haven, where rules are the law. <laughs> Below it are ten rules. One, the bell must never be rung for any reason or under any circumstance. Two, no killing except in self-defense or in the event of a home or workplace invasion. Three, no demonic magic of any stripe is permitted. No exceptions. Four. The bonds of marriage are sacred and must be respected. No affairs, no key parties, and no funny business. Wow. Five. Voting is mandatory. If you do not provide a vote, a vote will be assigned to you. Six. Language is a gift. Vulgar <laughs> language is not permitted. Seven. <laughs> Rules Haven's patron goddess is Ordelia. Worship of non-Ordelian deities is strictly prohibited. Eight. All residents of Danica Town are to remain inside Danica Town at all times. Nine. The sentient species must never be ridden as you would a horse. <laughs> and ten. The breaking of any of these rules will result in severe magical punishments. At the bottom, in cursive, it says, Thank you for reading these rules. By reading them, you have magically agreed to their reasonable constraints. By reading them, you have magically agreed to their reasonable constraints. Ugh. Hot Roddy is going to get, like, agitated, and he's going to say, Wait, what? We, what do you mean? We can't? No vulgar language? What the fuck? And he is going to... Hot Roddy is going to take 3d12 damage, <laughs> which I will roll right now. Hot Roddy takes 28 damage. Oh, Roddy. Oh, so gosh. Hot Roddy takes 28 honor damage. Okay. Oh. okay. Which affects your hit points. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and Hot Roddy is hit hard. 
it is you are like this is like watching a guy uh like an internal mosh pit trying to come out of him. Uh, Hot Roddy gets fucked up bad by this. Uh, his skull begins to uh, uh, just like uh, rattle around. This is not like comic damage that he is taking. This is like you're watching a guy get the shit kicked out of him uh, from the inside. Hot Roddy is going to clutch his chest and uh, involuntarily he just throws up blood. Grab him, oh let him fall. Hot Roddy! You knew. Uh, Stirfry's gonna go up to him. Are you okay? Here, let, let me feel your forehead. He's gonna slump forward on and putting all of his weight onto you, Stirfry. Uh, wait, just don't ride me <laughs> because of the rules, uh, Cornelia. As much as you may want it, I cannot ride you anymore. Okay, oh. good. Wait a minute. Why was? Why were you carrying me? You passed, you passed out. out. I passed out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's right. Oh my gosh. Here, Albie, you drop this. And Bello hands her the big sword. Oh, oh man, I, I kind of, yeah. Albie, um, Albie's gonna like brace against the like b- body of the tree, like the main trunk of the tree, and um, she's gonna try to scale to a different branch. So that she's not exerting too much weight on the tree on the branch that Cordelia's okay. on. So you move up to a higher branch. Uh, this yeah. does sort of like lighten the load on Cordelia's branch. Hot Roddy is just groaning on stir fry right now, and he just he sort of whimpers out, "I'm fine, by the way." <laughs> uh, I, this this just became like an Albie moment, but like I'm okay. Not that anyone was asking. Stir fry is sort of like burping him like a baby, giving him that up and down <laughs> motions. Hey, come on, come on, boy. Come on. Yeah, every burp, like he does, there's little burps and everyone just like blood just is like coming out of his face. Oh, fuck. Hey, oh, hey, should I be telling It's boy, okay, okay, I'm tough as hell. Yeah, you are. You're very tough. You're strong. He t- uh, t- Surfer is going to turn everyone. We really have weakened him over the past few days. <laughs> you know, he's been pretty explicit about his whole deal and we've, uh, we've made him less than a bug. It's all right, boy. It's all right. I'm actually, I'm way, I heard that I'm actually way more than a bug. I'd love yeah, to see you, a bug step to yeah. me. Yeah, I'm a bug, right? Right. Yeah, you're I'm a bug under your feet, right? Okay. Um, enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay. Let's figure uh, out. That just it's, happened. I think, I think, here's the thing. It's, it's, um, it's low noon. It's dark. I think we need to get out of here because we, <laughs> we're going to get, it's going to get brighter. It's going to get harder to move around. And we need to go find Ulcer and get out of here. Okay? Albie is, so she's on a higher branch and she's checking out like the rooftop situation and if it's traversable. Yeah, you can see um, there seem to be a, uh, these is like, they get snowfall here is what I'm saying. There's a lot of sloped roofs here. A lot of like steep incline sort of, uh, I mean, you picture that this is like a, a city in the Swiss Alps. There are a lot of uh, very steep roofs. So you can move from roof to roof. Uh, you can get up there and you can travel this city by the roofs. And people don't tend to go up there. But just so you know, it is going to be uh, some pretty steep up and downs uh, navigating these roofs. Maybe if we, maybe if we get on top of the roofs... I think that feel? could be perhaps an option. Um, and De Bonesby has, while while you've all been uh, talking to about Roddy and, and such, he has put on uh, the stolen pants and uh, shirt and is uh, p- 
putting on the blazer and he's already feeling uh, a lot more comfortable. And Cordelia is adjusting her wig and she closes her eyes and she's listening as Debunsby is talking. How does Cordelia look in the wig? Resin. Oh, God, that's up to you. Should You've I roll got for a it? dirty wig on. <laughs> you fuck, you can roll for it if you want, but I, you could also just tell me. But no, I want to know. Let's let the dice decide. <laughs> I got a natural one. I want to take a picture of it. <laughs> I can't believe that. Cordelia, for a nat one, you look like shit. You look more conspicuous than ever. You, The wig sits on top of you, and it's almost like a big sign with an arrow pointing down that says Sasquatch here. You are one of the tallest creatures uh, that any of you have met. It's very rare to encounter a non-monstrous creature taller than Cordelia. And you have just added a good two feet to your own height with this tall, tall, uh, like you know, like French aristocracy wig uh, that's now sitting on top of your head. You look conspicuous. The wig is filthy. It's covered in sand <laughs> and mildew from being inside of uh, Stir Fry's pack. This is not... And the hairs are hanging down. There's little bows in your face. You look <laughs> fucking awful. I feel like I look good. Uh, Cordelia, I really... Fix I it. T- I think you should take it off. Fix it. Does can, it look can we, weird? Can we fix it? I yeah, mean, fix it. Come on, come on. Albie, please. I put yeah, your hair before it? Cretus. It's just, it's there's so much height to it. Well, then, um, here, take Al- it down. Albie's gonna, Albie's But, gonna... Albie, you're so good at, like, your braids and stuff. Whatever. Stirfry is gonna move uh, towards the end of the branches closest to the roof and try to leap onto the roof um, to motivate the group to keep going. You just hop off of the branch. It's not hurt at all, and you land on the roof. These roofs are not lit. These are dark. It's dark up here. Uh, you are you are lit only by starlight as you uh, you make it cleanly over to the roof. You have Hot Roddy on your shoulder still, and he uh, he thumps against your shoulder as you land on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, how you doing, pal? <laughs> Do you wish? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. You got me there. Hey, tell me tell me something bad about me. Yeah, you fu- your personality. People are extremely off put by how needy you are. Ah, an opportunity to lie. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. Boy, we're two peas in a pod, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but you're so much better and stronger, right? You gotta let me know that. Come on, pal. Come on, pal. All right, I'll tell you what. Okay, when you, um, uh, how do I put this? Okay, when you, uh, when you, it's that special time in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And you look down. Yeah. At, at what has, when it's that special, okay, so, uh, when it's, uh, Let's say when it's that special time in the bathroom. I'm awful. Right? I'm awful. Let's right, just right. Say I'm awful. Well, so do you you look down at what yeah. you've just done and you're like, yeah. is that a mirror? <laughs> and Hot Roddy's gonna gain two hit points from that. Bello lands on the roof next to them and says, Hot Roddy, come on. What did I tell you earlier about my friends? I'm so I'm I'm extremely injured. Bello, if you say so, if you say no. so, and he's gonna throw up blood down Stir Fry's back. Oh, um, no. <laughs> You can do it. A, you can do it a little, just this once. Okay. Uh, so when it's okay, okay. Here's one. Here's one. Uh, when it's that special time with Cordelia lands and wives, on the roof. Okay, great. Next to them, uh, and she's been finger combing the wig, so now it's laying flat. It's down and flat, like uh, sort of just like long hair. And mm-hmm. she pulls her hood up over it, so it's just like there's long hair flowing out of this hood. And she says, "Hot Roddy, shut up." What? No, I'm, I'm making myself healthier. Okay, so this it, bird... It heals him. It heals him. Oh, yeah. God, I 
Okay. Okay, so when it's time, when, so when we're, okay, so when we're making babies, right? Uh, when it's yeah. that special time with two people who love each other very much. Yeah, stir fry is yeah. not invited to the party. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. It's just so, it's so the opposite of true. <laughs> um, um, Albie, Albie joins everyone on the roof and she puts a finger to her lips to remind them to be quiet and she's going to start, she's going to start navigating on the rooftops. Yes, and you are near the southern end, so you're heading north into the center of town. Now, we've still got one guy in the tree. What are we doing to Bonesby? Yeah, to Bonesby hops down as well. Okay, great. To Bonesby makes it to the roofs, and now we're navigating. So we're moving across these roofs. These are steep roofs. Uh, but, uh, Albie, do you want to if lead the way, please? Um, Albie, uh, this is almost fun for her. She's This is kind of her thing. She's a little fawn. She's got little hoofed legs, and so she's, like, used to difficult terrain she uh she carefully creeps up the pitch of the roof and then just as carefully and with control and speed um lightly sideways shuffles down the um the decline of the roof and then she looks up at her friends like see that's how we do it you are a creature, uh, fawns. You you're good in uh, rocky, uneven terrain. That's what the, you got. These little uh, it's deer hooves, but it's the same orientation as like a mountain goat. Uh, you are able to move across these and stir fry. You're you're a little kenku thief. Of course, you guys are able to get across these uh, very very easily. And I will say for the rest of you, this path that they are sort of charting for you makes the journey much easier for you as well. You sort of you see the safe strategy, and you are able to follow suit. Great, then I'm following right behind Stir Fry and Hot Roddy. Yes, same. Bello goes, oh, I think I'm getting it now. And he sort of surfs down the roof and then like up following them. Yeah, you surf up and down, uh, up and down the roofs. And you guys, for the time being, you seem to have uh, evaded uh, all of this uh, peacekeeper activity around the southern entrance to town. This is a densely packed city. There are a lot of buildings very close together. You are jumping from roof to roof away from that tree-lined street. Uh, you are uh, you are moving. There are very narrow alleys, extremely, extremely narrow alleys, where just where people put their trash out and the buildings are almost touching. You are able to hop uh, from roof to roof, and you are sort of moving towards the, the center of town. You can imagine this city is a large circle uh, divided up like a plus sign. And uh, you were at the southern end, and you were sort of... There are these large main street thoroughfares, but otherwise it's a very very European city uh, with some narrow streets. This was a city uh, built and designed before the advent of cars, just as every city in Cordelia, because there aren't cars in Cordelia, except those cave cars I described a few episodes back, but they died and nobody found out about them. So they didn't build cities around them. There are a few main streets, though, and you are uh, you are not necessarily... Uh, uh, closing in on those. So you're able to put a good amount of distance between you and the peacekeepers. But I will tell you this, there are um, some relatively thicker streets and every street here does seem to be tree-lined. So occasionally you will uh, you will brush up against uh, some trees. Just like now, you run up against uh, uh, some trees, much like the trees before, and you see them, uh, they sort of lead down uh, into a, a sort of a thicker street, a, three, a street too thick to hop across, which is down below. Albie looks down to make sure the coast is clear, and then she gestures to her friends to head down the tree. I'll stay here until I know you guys are all down safe. Um, 
Bello is going to cast Jump, which he learned as a druid and believes is not demonic magic. Sure thing. <laughs> and he's going to use that to jump across. Bello, you clear it. You are able to, uh, you cast Jump, and you feel the surging kangaroo-like energy moving through your legs. And just like uh, when uh, fucking Neil Armstrong jumped on the moon, you feel that same energy. It just... There's no, there's no pull. Gravity, uh, your, your worst enemy. It sort of turns its back casually for just a second as you move cleanly. We hear the, uh, the six million dollar man sound as you just sort of move across the street and you land on the other roof opposite. What are you doing? We can't follow you. I can't do that. Am I? Are we? Are we supposed to do that? Bello mouths out. Just sneak across and climb up. So you want us to climb down and then hop and then climb back up on the other side? I don't understand. Bellow mouths. Be cool about it. Stir Fry's going to uh, follow the path that Albie had led and move down that tree. He's getting, he's getting down from the rooftop. Yeah, Cordelia's going to follow Stir Fry. Yes, we're climbing down. Mm-hmm. All right, so you guys all get to the bottom there. And while you're at the base, a hot roddy is going to sort of stir. Uh, he's sort of in and out. He's going to say, take me up the tree. I want to be with my son. Oh, hot roddy. Um, okay, so... Take me up the tree now. And he's going to start... He's getting a little loud. He's like, I don't have all day. Let's go up the tree. Hot roddy, you can bully me, but do do it quietly, okay? All right, fine. And he's going to whisper pointedly at you, Albie, and say, let's go up the tree. Come on, I don't have all day. Uh-huh, yeah, I'm hoping this makes you feel better. Um, and she's going to start it pushing It does, I'm him. picking up hit points left and right. <laughs> she's going to start pushing him up the tree across the street. Stirfry moves across the street as well and starts pushing Hot Roddy up that tree, getting as close to Bellow as possible, as quick as, as possible. Cordelia hesitated for a second, just to, in, you know, fear. Uh, she looks left and right to see if anybody's down the street. Does she see anyone? Yes, you do. Uh, as you look to the right, you are going to see uh, some tall shadows again. And it seems to be, they're not running. This is not a hurried uh, a hurried situation. But you do see uh, what seems to be some town peacekeepers, just maybe on a patrol. But you see them, uh, they're moving with that, uh, that peacekeeper energy. You just know, you've met enough of these fucking guys. You know that energy, that like, oh, we've apprehended the individual. That kind of like energy that these guys have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you see, you know, like high on their own farts kind of shit. Like they, uh, and I said it, not Hot Roddy, so I'm okay. They, uh, <laughs> they are moving, uh, they seem to be rounding the corner quickly. So Albie, she sees that Cordelia has frozen and she, uh, she runs over to her and grabs her hand and starts pulling her towards the tree. Come on, it's okay, I got you. Okay, um, Cordelia sort of shakes out of um, her concern and she, she starts walking She's trying to hunch her shoulders and look smaller, and she's trying to move actually kind of slowly to make it appear like she's just walking down the street. Uh, excuse me, elderly citizen. Um. Oh, my, I'm so sorry. My grandma can't really hear too well. Excuse me? Uh, my grandmother, she's hard of hearing. Well, then what is she doing out after curfew? Um, she is sick. <laughs> sick with what? Um... She's uh, sick with, um, she got old very suddenly. <laughs> oh, God. Um, can, can you make it? No, hold on. Could you make a, uh, make a deception roll? 
Uh, seven. Old very suddenly. That's not how aging works! It's a gradual process where you accrue wisdom and experience! Sure, sure. Um, you know, I, I'm speaking as a young person, and time moves much faster for me. Ain't that just the way? But no, I, I, I need to, uh, I, I want to hear it from the, I, I want to hear it from your, your grandmother. Grandmother, explain yourself. Hello. Um. Yes, I am quite sick. <laughs> With advantage, that was a good, that was a good voice. Oh, 16. I didn't buy it from your granddaughter, but I buy it from you. All right, fine. You're good to go, but I don't want to see you out on the streets again. We got killers on the loose. Yes, and I don't want to see you either. Albie just squeezes Cordelia's hand urgently, like, tone it down. Uh, he's going to turn. He's going to say, that's your last warning. You don't get a second one. If I see you out on these streets again, it's on. <laughs> yes, Sunny. Thank you for thank you for your hard work. The work is its own reward. And he's going to turn and uh, head down and say, and seriously, get inside. It's dangerous out here. And he's going to walk off. Um, Albie is just going to wordlessly push Cordelia up the tree. Great, you're up the tree. We've all moved across the street. We are on the roofs now. You can see the bell tower. It guides you. You can see the stars up above you. As you are moving across these roofs, uh, you're going up, you're going down. You come to one of these large main streets. These are too even bellow with your jump. These are too thick to jump across. These are uh, canal-lined streets, and they all uh, uh, they all sort of point to this this large, large tower in the center of town. Now, what I will tell you, you can see up on these roofs, you can see over towards like the northwest, there seems to be a strange these are very this is a very orderly city. Things seem to be seems to be a pre-planned city. Everything seems built according to a certain code and uh, uh, uh in the northwest there seems to be an incredible As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The densely packed part of town with ramshackle roofs, all sorts of different building material. The uniform structure of the rest of the city, of the architecture, does not seem to apply here. Uh, this is uh, sort of tucked away in a coin. You are just like, you as you move up one of these roofs, you can see it, you move down, you lose it. You move up another roof, you can see it again. You move down, you lose it. But always, you can see this bell tower. However, you come to a large uh, street now. It is too far for anybody to be able to jump across, but uh, there are large trees uh, that you can climb down. But here's something interesting. Two dead trees are in front of you. This is not seasonally appropriate. Oh, um, can I do a nature check? Of course you can. Oh, boy. Those good rolls have come to an end. Uh, four. Four? Yeah. Yeah, there's no leaves on that tree. <laughs> Damn. Okay. That's all you get for a four. And your eyes fall out. 
no, you said it. I said it. I said it. I put the gun on the shelf. Now we had to take a it off and shoot man, you with it. A fair man. A fair man. Bellow's going to reach back into some of that druid expertise and also try and understand what's wrong with the trees. Sure thing. Make a roll for me. I'd love to, baby. Oh, here we go. Oh, we're working it out. Let's call that a 22. Oh, a 22. Bellow, you look right into the soul of that tree, and the tree speaks to you, and you know exactly where these trees are from. These trees are from uh, what are uh, uh, commonly called uh, the nightmare forests. Uh, They are far, far, far to the east of here, and uh, it's a... it's forests where uh, ghosts and monsters are, uh, are are more comfortable. And uh, you can tell that these trees never bloom. They never have leaves. These trees are designed to be dead. They're alive and well, but they look dead. And they look dead uh, to ward off uh, the leaf-eating predators of the Nightmare Woods. <laughs> oh, everyone, these trees are from the Nightmare Woods. Don't worry. There's no kind of local uh, blight or tree sickness causing this. I hope I hope we're all relieved. Thank Ordelia. Let's go down. So we're all down the trees, and uh, you see that these dead-appearing trees flank a curious little thatch-roofed shop, which is tucked away on this main street, almost as if it's in its own private dark alley. A pink flame burns in a small candle outside its grotesque doors. Just like Ray's Anatomy's place. He does. Yeah. Whoever lives there might know Ulcer. I think yeah, Ulcer probably yeah. lives here. Um, I am gonna. Oh, just... you think? Yeah, I'm just gonna do one thing. Albie's gonna take the wig off Cordelia. Um, they what? did. They did just say that Peacekeeper said if he saw you again, it was toast. So I think we spent this. This <sighs> disguise. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And she fixes your real hair. Yeah, does it look okay? It looks great. Thank um, you. I'm gonna knock on the door. Fantastic. You knock on the door and with a magnificent creaking, the door begins to open inwards. Customer's delight, they call that. The door opens inward and you are greeted by the spitting image of Rain Anatomies. <laughs> with one notable difference. A big, gray, Orson Welles-style beard. You would almost say that this was Rain in disguise, if not for the obvious authenticity of this old-growth beard, which would have been impossible to grow since you last laid eyes on Rain. He wears a small pin with the date 326 on his rumpled and stale smelling lapel. And he wears a small ring on his weird hand. The ring is wax with a bee inside. (gasps) He greets you and says, Hello, my name is Ulcer Anatomies. Come in, won't you? We rush in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. You knock him over, killing him instantly. <laughs> yeah. His information <laughs> lost in a him. pool of blood. <laughs> That's right. It's your DM, Branson Reese. I got some ads for you here, and you're going to want to listen to these. There's some good ones. This first one comes to us uh, from another show called Dungeons and 
Drimbus, an extremely fun and very funny uh, homebrew D&D actual play podcast with a cast of mostly Florida-born professional actors playing unprofessional D&D professionally. They're going on a hunt for the elusive mythic Florida man with new episodes every Friday. It's a uh, it's a it's a wacky AP. It's a lot of fun. If you like Rude Tales, you're gonna love Dungeons and Drimbus. It's very very fun, very very funny. But you have to take my word for it. We got an ad for you right here, and uh, you know, straight from them. And uh, you might want to buckle up. It's a lot of fun. In a '95 Camry, Miami girl at Nama. Like I don't even know what to say right now because, like, literally, like I literally like. Snowbird David Feinstein. It's those damn Republicans. Is it Marco Rubio? Is that the answer? Conspiracy theorist Cletus. Obama is a lizard. We know this. And his pet alligator, Steve. Sensei, can they understand me? Go on a hunt for the Florida man. You look up onto the roof and see the Florida man dancing in a circle, chanting "Croqueta, croqueta, croqueta." And doing a little snorts of bath salts off his forearm in between. Croqueta, 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 croqueta. Hear their tale in Dungeons and Dreamers, available wherever podcasts are found. Yeah, what did I fucking say, right? It's very fun. Uh, so make sure to listen to Dungeons and Dreamers. <laughs> Hey, Carly. Oh, hey, Taylor. You're, uh, I know you. You're the producer on my show, uh, Rude Tales of Magic. Yeah, but I'm kind of having a down day. No. Yes. Well, yeah, tell me everything. How, well, the thing is, I'm trying to get some work done, but my pencils, my food, and my coffee is just loose all over my table. Oh, no, and you have so many electronics. I know, it's terrible. It's just like pencils and food and coffee everywhere. There's no way to contain these things. Oh, you silly dear thing. There actually is a way to contain those things. Have you heard of mugs or cups or bowls? Hmm, I've heard about them, but go on. I'm going to make your life very easy. Just Finally. Go, just go to pottery.biz, that's B-I-Z, the fun way to spell business, and I think you're going to like what you see. Wow, I'm there now, and I do like what I see. There are some badass mugs here, some of which resemble the famous internet meme, Goatsy. Uh, there's these cool, like, devil face jugs. My favorite is the faceted ash cup. What's your favorite? I have my eyes on the sea bowls that look like little collections of puddles in a stream. Oh, these are cool. I, you know, I, this is, I'm looking at this now. This is owned by friend of the show, Joel Patton. This is his pottery store, pottery.biz. I should have led with that. Yes, it's Joel Patton's store. <laughs> That's you bearing the lead. And this is me scraping all my coffee and pencils into my new bowls. Amazing! And I bet you got free shipping on some of those items. On some of them, yes! Pottery.biz! <laughs> Clean your life up! It me template And there's something I gotta say I don't want to tell you what it... I do want to tell you what it is. I am personally super stoked to talk about this next podcast because this next podcast, they're friends of the show. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Critical Bits. What? Critical Bits? Tim, what are you talking about? Shh. Rest your weary head and listen to this. 
Critical Bits is a teenage superhero body horror actual play podcast set in the fictional town of Heavendale, where villains vastly outnumber heroes because most of the town's heroes were killed by a giant spider. Critical Bits stars Shelby Lee as neurotic overachiever Alex, Paul Byron as high school drug dealer Jerry, Shannon Strucci as teenage ex-villain Kim, and the show is run by GM Joel Ruiz, who sets the show's tone as a darkly funny satire taking place in a capitalist hellscape. New episodes every other Tuesday on all major platforms. There's fan art, a getting started guide, and more at criticalbitcast.com. And you can also find the show on Twitter at at criticalbitcast. They are on season three with around 60 episodes total in their backlog with tons of guest episodes including guest appearances from multiple Ruth Tales cast members. I'm, I'm one of those cast members. Baranson is one of those cast members. Joe was one of those cast members. Recently Carly is one of those cast members. This is huge and more to come uh, based on what we've talked about personally yeah most likely um these uh we love critical bits they are truly our friends of the show they are truly so nice and funny and cool and uh you just can't go wrong jumping into their insane world um so check out critical bits as soon as you can Inside, you see a space crowded with uh, the bizarre and macabre, uh, medical charts and figures of creatures who would make H.R. Geiger blush, line the walls, papering it with obscure and illicit data. A framed boardwalk caricature of Ulcer with his arm around Rain sits above a desk crowded with odd trinkets. They're both surfing in the caricature. A furry coffee mug that seems to be breathing sits on a stack of papers filled to the brim with coffee. Books upon books, one of which glows green, are stacked up on the floor surrounding a counter covered in dust. A terrarium filled with small spider-sized humanoid hands crawling over a small log catches your eye. A finger toad gobbles up one of the hands. Uh, Bello turns to him and says, Thank you so much for letting us in. You'll never guess where we've come from. Fort Casual. And you'll never guess who we knew there. Ulcer. Uh, wait, Rain and <laughs> He laughs. He chuckles. Says, yes, yes, Rain Anatomies. Do you know him? Yes, I know him well. He's my younger brother by two minutes. <laughs> yes, oh, he wow. told us just the same. It's why I inherited this beard from our now past father. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss, dude. It was long ago. It's, it's not a problem. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, sir, it appears that you have been expecting us. Rain and I have our methods of communication, you see. They're not verbal, but we can get a message from one to the other quite quickly. Then, Ulcer, will you give Rain this? And she opens her arms and steps forward to start to hug him, but then sort of just watches to see if he is okay with it. He seems... Receptive. Six out of ten on this, yeah. Okay, she's going to change her uh, mind and sort of give him a really solid thank you pat on the shoulder. And he's, oh, the touch of a living thing. It's been years. Oh. I'm overwhelmed with emotion. It, no change on his face. <laughs> also, if you've heard from Rain, then you probably know we're all alumni. Yes, yes. We're all alumni, aren't we? Those of us with the shared information. But you more so than I. I, I flatter myself. Please forgive me. Can you tell us what we know? We've been missing our school for so long. 
I can tell you what you know. What I suspect you've known all along. Elsa? Where'd you get that ring? Ulcer's going to eye your ring and look at his own ring, so questions upon questions, all answered soon. I can promise you. Which would you prefer first, the ring or the school? Uh, I think I think if I had to choose based on priority, uh, it's close, but I'm going to go school. All right. As I have interpreted it so far, you are all students at a, a university, right? Yes. Yes, Polaris. Polaris University in the Northwest. Yeah, in the Teenage Forest. Right, right, right. And this school on, and he points to his lapel pin, 326, the 26th day of the third month. Went missing, is this correct? Yes. 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 And my friends lost all of their friends. And me and my friend Cordelia, we are members of a of a sorority called Mothra Tau Delta, and we were doing our end of term ritual to try and like He puts bolster. a hand up to your to your message. No more about the Mothra Tau Delta. Not here in Rulesaven. Oh. Oh, because A yeah. sorority founded by a damned soul. We get too close to the edge when we discuss it, please. I do not have the hit points available to dis- to take that hit. Already, I live on a, on a razor's edge with my work here. Okay, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, so after we said our prayers, um, she like looks... No, I got, I got that, I got that. I'm picking up what you're putting down, yes. <laughs> okay, after that, um... Uh, Cordelia told me that we had to go and we started making our way out of the, like, off of the campus and then everything disappeared. Of course, of course. But you retain the memory, right? Yes, yes. He's going to turn to Cordelia and say, Cordelia, you are a employee, are you not? Cordelia um, whips her arms around her back like she's hiding something and uh, gulps very loud. Yeah. We'll take that as a yes. By the way, anything you want is... Please, make yourselves at home. Be free. Feel free to touch anything. Everything is for sale. The Bonesby goes right for that book. <laughs> okay, then in that case, she pulls the um, fuzzy coffee cup back around to the front of her body and she's <laughs> holding it casually. Please, please. Coffee is in no short supply here in Rulesaven. We're famous for our brew, our blends. This is as pleasing, as pleasing to the throat as they are to the nose. That it's pleasing every single part of me, from my nose to my toes. Gulp it down. She's she takes a big gulp. Cool. It's very hot. It it that hurts. She takes another. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're like finishing this thing off. He goes. Yes. Yes. I love to see coffee appreciated. I love to appreciate coffee, but um. Yeah, yes, I'm an employee. That's what you asked. You're an employee. Say no more. Say no more. Uh, You're an employee. Uh, I will walk you through what I know. When you said the words, you opened up a portal between here and the below space. The below space came above. And the above space went below. You sent your school below. I believe you already know this, though. This, this This is not news to you, is it? No, no, we were told. So, and just to be a hundred percent clear, you're not saying the bellow space. No, the bellow. I'm, I am in, intentionally not saying another word that you know what I am not saying. Okay. Cause I'm bellow. <gasps> bellow, pleasure to meet you. Hi. Um. Yeah. Of course. Short for Belotheon, I would assume. <gasps> yeah, dude. It's like nailed it in one. Done my homework, please. My whole life is my homework. <laughs> um, 
Mr. Anatomies, I, I think that's where our understanding of this sort of ends. Well, um, then allow me to light the path before you. Please. Am I correct in assuming you wish to return the school here? Yes. Yes, I prepaid tuition. Of course. That money went with you, right? You don't just get that money back. No. If you want to get the school back, you need to return to the ground from which it was stolen. Forbidden zone. Yes, the forbidden zone. <laughs> yes. For I remember it as the forbidden zone, but I know better. I know this is the land where where your school once once was. And here's how I know. In Rules Haven, I knew you had arrived already because I heard the announcements. These were citywide announcements of when the spells oh and boy. The, the dark magic was used. Yikes. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And he points to his lapel pen. On 326, a similar announcement went out all over Rules Haven. I've been doing research ever since. I think this was a broad spell that hit the entire city at once, erasing Polaris University from our collective memories. Were it not for my books and my, my inferences that I was able to make from the, the missing text inside, and he pulls up a book and he goes, look at this! This Blake's page! Why would there be a blank page in this book? This was text about Polaris University, now gone. I was able to use inferences to piece it together. On 326, it was wiped from my memory, as well as the memory of the entire city. That was done infernally. That was the use of infernal magic. It's why the announcement went out over the entire city. This was 326 to us. This was a big event. This was our 9-11. Stir Fry is shrinking. Stir Fry is shrinking more and more every time uh, uh, Ulcer raises his volume. So what do we do when we get to Forbidden Zone? I'll tell you what you do! (laughs) Now, for what I know about Polaris University, it was not originally named Polaris University. No. It It was founded by Lexicon Matters. Very good. School for the brave? Yes, school for the brave. Lexicon Matters was expelled from his own school. But there was one room of his school, which was not a room of the school. It was Lexicon Matters' own personal room. When he was expelled from the school, and when his name was stripped from the school, that room remained his. I suspect that there is one underground chamber, which is a portal between the worlds. The library? The library. That's what I was, with Stefry. The little room you guys were in in the dirt, where we found you. Right! That's where we invented a boiled cake! The tastiest treat I never truly got to experiment upon, because our whole adventure started. (laughs) And that, my friend, is where your adventure will end! You need to return to that room! That room is the doorway between worlds! Oh, that's it's 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 actually pretty funny. It's because we go so far away from where we actually need to be, and then realize we get all the way here. Then we have to, oh my god! Sure, sure, classic <laughs> hero's journey shit. All right, you, my friends, you you need to return to that room, and you need to make it to hell. Also, I must commend your your dedication to your research and your and uh, so on and so forth. And I did not pick up on. Any of that energy when we were in there? How one might open the door and make it reveal itself? Well, this is the thing you will not like. It will take blood. Oh. 
The best magic always does. How much? The price of blood must be paid. I warn you, friends. Do not think you can die before and make it where you are going. The world below. The dark afterlife. If you are picking down what I am picking, what I am... Yes, yes. All right. Nodding. The dark afterlife is a vast world. Bigger than our own. Time works differently there. If you think of our world as a world stitched in time, sewn together, this dark afterlife is the back of that sewing. Threads go all over the place. You will never make it. You'll journey for millions of years if you die in the wrong spot. You must get there. You must die there. Oh, oh my. Ooh, that is Yeah, a- I was going to ask whose blood, and I think I have a pretty good idea. Your own. So anyone who wants to pass has to die. What else is it to go to that place but to die? But how do... But then, yeah, well, we know how to make the swaparoo once we get there. Now, this is where my information ends. I unfortunately oh. have... <laughs> Man! I That's unfortunately a- have never been, but I can, I can make an educated guess. Okay. There are those who have returned. They speak of it in hushed tones. In order to come back, you must part with something. You never thought you would be able to give up. But no soul in in this space is trapped there forever. It may seem like it. It may look like it. But the journey out is your own. I warned you. It is only your own. You cannot bring another out. You cannot walk another person out of that place. You have to find your own path. Everyone has their own path. Uh, Ulcer? Yes. When the school disappeared, we did, um, meet a demon? Sure. Yeah, yeah. His name was Strayed Plancis. Know anything about that dude? I do, I do. Oh, cool. Awesome. Feel free to share. Sure, of course. Well, I didn't know you knew, so now I tell you. So, a middle management demon, if ever there was. Ha! <laughs> mm. uh, he was, uh, uh, he is, uh, what do you want to know? He's uh, thousands of years old, uh, bound to mm-hmm. a strict code of conduct. He is mm-hmm. one who makes promises, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no promise made uh, can be broken. But this is where his power lies. The wording of his promises is, oh, he'll get you. Ooh, he'll oh, get he you did on this. The he did that. this to us. Don't you remember? He said he would give us our friend back, and then he did, and then he exploded him. Oh, oh yes. yeah, that guy. Oh, this trick in the book. <laughs> Forgot about that guy. I would caution you about doing deals with this man. He burns from the inside out. He is considered a wandering demon. He can move from person to person, always retaining himself. Not every wandering demon is this way. So, speaking of demons who seem to be able to do that, yes. do you think? Do you know anything about a demon named Cheddar? His eyes light up. The first of his kind. The first of his kind? Mm Mm-hmm. What's his kind? He bears no children. The wandering demons. Oh, he... He bears no children, but he blazes a trail. His role in history is small. He's relatively unimportant, but (laughs) a bit of a cult favorite for those in the know. Tell me, is this... Is this your boss? Um, hey, why not? Yes. Interesting. Do you think he might be a good guy? I tell you this. He has no home to call his own. But why? Wandering demons can make their home wherever they choose. Why would he not make a home? I think he's trying to. The mystery to. of being alive! <laughs> okay, 
pixels. Or the mystery of being dead. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> um, I actually have a question about that. Yes. So, when we met with my, um, we met my brother and he had said that, uh, that he saw me leave and go to Forbidden Zone already. Um, so there were two of me at one point. No, never. This is a false memory planted into him. Oh, oh. So to see you leave and to go to the Forbidden Zone, this is a false memory of you going to college. A sweet memory tainted, set in a minor key. I was sort of hoping it meant that there were alternate timelines and that maybe he was he was still alive. No. Um, I'm sorry. If your friend or brother, whoever you said, is passed, he is gone. If he is truly dead. Um, he was touched by a demon that absorbed him. Uh, its name was Kevin. <laughs> I would call that absorbed very much! Does that mean that he's still around? <laughs> sort of! Well, how do I get... Can I get him out? Get him out? Can I reclaim him How could you Kevin? get... How could you... You are asking to get the star out of the sky! That's what I'm asking. He was never... And he's going He's going to take your hand and say, Please, please, I know, I know brothers. I know the, the pain of being separated from a brother. He was not yours ever to reclaim. Even if I go to the below, please? Your thinking is flawed. You're looking at the, a, 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 a drawing. And you are seeing that as the entire perspective. There's an entire reality around you. There are, there are shades. There are dimensions to life and to being alive. You do, you do not perceive them. Your brother is not lost. He is something more than he ever would have been. But I'll never have him the way he was before. You never would have anyway. Moment to moment we are changing. We are growing. You take a step in a river that is flowing. You can never take that step again. I'll be starting to feel the same kind of heat and like she hears the same sort of low distant drumming that she heard when Cordelia was went missing and she um she feels faint for a second and she sort of slumps to the floor. He is going he's gonna keep he's zeroing in on you. He's looking down at you at the floor. He goes, Abby, you cannot lose something that you never had. What do you mean? You never had him! I never had rain! You only have yourself! Albie reaches, uh, she, her hand juts out and she grabs Ulcer by the throat. Yeah, he's going, You're not making any sense. I am making all the sense in the world. You mean I never had him. I never had him. I think everybody needs to cool down for a second. No, I am digging this. Yeah, yeah, all right. Albie drops him and then, like, she goes to leave, but. He's going to say, wait, wait. The patrol guards. Oh, if I am not mistaken, all of the announcements that I heard, but a few hours ago, these were for you. Yes, we we are in dire need of um, shelter and perhaps uh, disguise for uh, our criminal friend. I wave. Certainly, certainly. Please, my friends, I, I, I feel I have lost you, but I, I am trying to help. Your brother, you have lost... A memory of him. Not gone forever. He is growing just the way everyone else is growing. There is a new brother for you to meet. This is not tragic. For you. And he's going to point to Cordelia and say, please take your pick. We have all sorts of disguises and sundries here. And he's going to turn to the Bonesby and say, please, in exchange for this uh, signature, I, 
I give you any any number of things here. I have I have uh, spell books, component pouches, I whatever, whatever it is that, uh, that catches your eye. All right, yes, I'll uh, I'll fill a basket. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. There's a little basket there. It says thank you for shopping here. <laughs> Ostensibly this is a shop. Um Cordelia opens up an armoire. Yes. And it a- makes a ah! <laughs> when you open it. She slams it shut. Stop. She opens it again. Ah! She slams it shut. Hey, Allie, please, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She opens it one more time. Sorry. Ah! Okay. She steps. <laughs> she rides it out and yeah. then steps forward. And um, does she see a three-piece suit? Does she ever? You see a three-piece suit, and uh, above it is a sign that says, uh, "This is the exact three-piece suit that uh, the uh, serial killer September Pickles was buried in." Uh, <laughs> it's um, big. It's big. Okay, she's gonna pull it out and look around for. A place that you can change in private. Sure thing. There is a uh, there is a, a little, uh, a very small closet door that you can open. Perfect. All right. She walks in and she changes her clothes. Great. The sight inside of this closet, not worth describing, but ghastly, ghastly sight inside of this closet. Um, you're going to pop right back out. You're dressed like Niles Crane. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, very sharp indeed, Cordelia. Ooh, very sharp indeed, Cordelia. Now, hold on just a second. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, (laughs) sorry, I'm just trying to, I'm putting together a little persona here. I think it's rather grand. I think so, too. I think it's tip top. (laughs) Was it good? I love it. Nice, nice. That's it. Um, and, uh, DeBonesby has, uh, yeah, he's got his little shopping basket. It is now full of strange spell components and, um, a a nice looking leather book with some, you know, freaky etchings on it that he's ready to fill with spells. (laughs) And he's got some new quills and he says, all right, now I think I've got my basics down, but, and I see you offer some clothing and uh, you can see that this suit that I took to cover my nudity is rather drab, but, um, my style range is a bit more, um, Macaroni. Do you have any of that in sort, or should I have to uh, spend the rest of my signature elsewhere? <laughs> Hold on one second, one second. For this, uh, this, uh, this stuck feather in your cap style that you describe, I uh, hold on one second. And he's going to um, go and l- and rummage around, and he's going to pull out an extremely pristine, mint condition, mm. tall light pink wig it's been curled up it's got bows in it it is everything that the wig and stir fries backpack was not (laughs) there she is come to daddy head he's going to uh may i do the honors oh please thank you and he places it on your head Mm. (sighs) i am restored Cordelia feels as if she is at a coronation. He's going to turn to you and say, and in many ways you are. I assume you feel that you're at a coronation. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yes, excellent. Excellent. Uh, and he's going to say, now, as, as much as I personally value this signature, hold on one second. I, the price of the of the, the gamut of the, the, the things you are trying to buy is going to put me out of business here. Hold on, please. And he um, 
gonna open a, a large ledger and sort of scan through it and say, and his thing, his hand is gonna sort of like tense up and snap, and he's gonna look up at you and say, "De Bonesby." Yes, hello. <laughs> you owe much to your father. Wait, what'd you say? Sorry. You owe much to your father. Uh, in what regard? Otto de Bonesby. It's paid for. Oh. What? But he's... How did he... Before he died. Otto de Bonesby. He went from city to city, putting oodles, truckloads of money down in the cities themselves, investing them in the city infrastructure as the de Bonesby deposit. De Bonesby, oh. anything you wish to buy is, is paid for in full. Of course, he would never tell us that he did this. I don't... Well, he's not here to hold it over me. Yes, I will take whatever I like. I want a cape thrown in, too. Of course, of course. Uh, he, he just he reaches under the desk and he throws a cape at you. Beautiful, thank you. To Bonesby, do you think you could cover um, the rest of us? Yes, it's on Daddy. <laughs> Stir fry, you should get something nice. Uh, Stirfry is right now picking up uh, the wig that Albie had uh, thrown on the ground and he's stuffing it into his backpack. He's going, <laughs> oh, I'll find something nice. Um, I'll find something nice indeed. He's going to look at the nearest table and see what else uh, is, is in front of him. He walks over to you and says, oh, don't, do not think I have forgotten about you, my friend. Oh, yes, I want to know about your ring. And I'm going to show, I'm going to sort of present, it's clearly you saw mine before, but I'm going to just present the ring. I've got a ring just like it. He goes to shake your hand. Uh, Stir Fry is going to hold his hand back, doing like, am I doing this? And he's like, ah, f- ah, dang it. He's going to uh, go in for the handshake. And he's going to, with his middle finger, he's going to uh, sort of move his middle finger forward in the handshake and like tap you on the wrist. Very invasive feeling. And he's going to whisper in your ear, you just got stung. What? What did? Wait, what? <laughs> what, what does that mean? You're a, you're a member of the hive, are you not? Hey. Uh, yeah. Remember, remember, Stiff, right? Lie. Yeah, yeah, I'm a member of the, I'm a member of the, of the hive. Buzz, buzz, daddy-o. Yes, yes, very good, very good. <laughs> member na- may not act against member. Whatever you want is on the house, which is a, a relatively uninspiring gesture considering your friend is paying for everything. But please, no, I am not including this in the price. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm an idiot. Can you remind me everything about the hive? <laughs> very good, very good. Only the smartest are allowed into the hive. Ah, damn it. This is why you don't lie. Because people won't give you the information you want. Um, uh, uh okay. Uh, I, I, I stole this from someone, sir. I stole this from someone. I don't know what the deal is, but I want to know what it's entitled me to. Oh, you stole the ring. Yes. Well, in that case... I gave you the honey, and now... And he's going to go with his other hand and shake your hand. Okay. He's going to do the same thing with the middle finger on the wrist. Uh, yeah, okay. You've had the honey. Now you have the stinger. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Yeah, this is this is a fun. This is a this is fun. I like doing this. It's fun. It's about having fun. So, and he's going to he's going to uh, call you over, sort of to like a secret, uh, a quieter corner of the room, and he's going to huddle with you and whisper, "A secret society, all of the big movers and shakers in history. We have been members of the Hive." 
fi- dang yeah. Regardless of where you got your ring or how you acquired it, the ring chooses. You are a member now. Oh, <gasps> really? I'm yes. Special? You're entitled to discounts at stores. <gasps> you are. <laughs> that's what I, I mean. That's all I can offer you. I am a lower ranking member. I am but the drone. Dang, so this ring has unlimited potential for power. Potentially. Depending on who wears the ring, they, the wearers of the ring cannot move against another wearer of the ring. We are all allies. Above city, above nation, above family. Oh, yeah, baby. You are one I, of us, Stir Fry. A new network of friends and yes. accomplices? And we and have co- to hang out with each other. You have to hang out. We have to hang out with each other. Oh. Yes, every member of the hive likes every other member of the hive, regardless of how they actually feel. Stirfry is gonna do a little dance on the and uh, Stirfry is gonna do a little dance. The only way I can describe this is a tra la la dance. Oh yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Elsa, I love you, brother. <laughs> yes, and I love you too. Great, this is this rules. I feel I feel top of the morning, tip top, biggie, everyone. I'm powerful now, so respect that, and I'll get discounts too, and uh, Frederick can't uh, cut the bill, and uh, maybe a little more respect might be going my way sometime soon. Uh-huh. Nice. Oh, thanks. Uh-huh. Bello has uh, found and put on a new tank top. <gasps> nice. Wow. And he's gonna uh, he's gonna walk over to Albie, and he's gonna say, uh, "Hey, hey, Albie, um, are, are you doing okay?" Um, Albie is sitting, uh, where she collapsed earlier. She's got the, um, she's got the butcher's knife that she pulled out of the kitchen. Sword-sized, remember. Uh, Yeah, so it's a big boy. And she's sort of twisting it by the hilt. The point of it is in the ground, and she's twisting it by the hilt, and she's just staring at her reflection in it. And she kind of doesn't notice at first when Bella talks to her. Bello takes this in and is like, fair. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he sits down next to her. Joe! <laughs> Big hearts. Um, she just sort of, the, the same like deep, distant drumming that she heard um, before when she gripped ulcer anatomies by the, the neck she's, it's very faint, but she's sort of running through it in her head over and over. She's just trying to make sense of it. Uh, Bello, um, Bello sort of looks out across the store. He's not making eye contact with her, but he keeps talking to her. And he says, listen, I know that wasn't necessarily what you wanted to hear about Casper, but I think you should remember that this ulcer dude is like just one guy. He doesn't know everything about every demon in the world. He just, you know, is making the best guess. And I think we've done and seen a lot of things that no one has ever done or seen before. So just because he says Casper, as you know, him, might be gone. Well, I mean, you don't know that's true. Um, hearing Bello say her brother's name sort of softly pulls her out of it, and she she did hear everything that he just said, and she just sort of um, 
she just sort of slumps and like leans against him and sniffles a little bit. Ulster uh, is going to move over to you guys, the two of you now. Um, he doesn't like to see unhappiness in his shop. He Aww. likes to see the strange and the odd, but he likes to see the smiles it puts on the children's faces, not the frowns. Uh, he's going to Aww. walk over to you and say, please, is there anything else I can get you to help you? I'm so sorry I upset you. It was not my intent. I actually was wondering if I could talk to you privately. Of course, of course. Everyone, stop listening. <laughs> okay. Bello just like turns off, like C-3DF style. (laughs) Catatonic, he just goes away inside. Cordelia had found some black oil that she's like putting in, like putting in her hair and slicking her hair back and she just freezes and acts like, uh, uh, she's, so she freezes and suddenly like, it's sort of hard to see her. Uh, like a cartoon ostrich, Stirfry just slams his head beneath his feet into the ground. It is now on the ground. He can't hear shit. Yeah, the floorboards just fly up. It works. Oh, guys, thanks. I would have gotten in another room. Um, uh, no, please, smiles. your friends love you. They'll do anything. What is it? So, um, I kind of blacked out yesterday. Yes. I didn't really remember when I came to until I got mad before when you were talking about my brother. <gasps> and I don't know how to explain it. I do. You flew into a rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I just saw red and everything everything sounded really far away and it was like nothing I couldn't I couldn't stop until I found Cordelia. Albie, you had focus. Your rage, your anger gave you focus. You entered a meditative state. Oh, so this is a good thing? I think it's a wonderful thing. Oh man. Oh wow. The real you, the primal you inside of yourself came out. It got some fresh air. I felt it. I felt it in your fingers when you clutched my my willing throat. <laughs> I am really sorry. Please about no, that. Don't, do not apologize. And about what I said earlier, do not worry. The Albie that your brother knew is dead. We change every day. We are dying constantly. It's what being alive is. Uh, yeah, that's sort of like what. Cretus said, sort of. I don't know who that is. That's not my area of expertise. You don't know Cretus? <laughs> <laughs> not familiar. Oh. Well, he's dead now. Uh, Albie uh, drums her fingers on the butcher's sword. And she um, she sort of like follows. The, just like her, her arm just kind of wants to move with this thing. So she she picks it up. And she sort of starts brandishing it a little bit, you know, like doing kind of like form work mm-hmm. with it, twisting it around and just sort of letting the kind of dancer monk-like moves of her body follow the blade of the butcher's sword. And she's just getting a feel for it. But it feels good. Yes, yes, you're a wild animal. <laughs> I'm a deer. Well, great, great, wonderful. I'm a guy. <laughs> um, Albie laughs, and she feels lighter than she's felt in a long time. She feels like a, a, a tide that she has been fighting against finally just claims her and buoys her up, and she, she feels, like, free. She uh, spins the butcher's sword with a flourish, and she... Um, she docks it on her back 
next to her um, bow staff. Uh, Ulcer Anatomies is going to say, wow, badass! And he's going to take three uh, 3d12 damage. Uh, and it's just going to knock him right on it. He's just going to fall over backwards, just like Buster Keaton feet up in the air. He's going to fall hard down. Uh, and he's just going to like, he's, a little bit of like smoke is coming up off of him. Elvie moves to help him onto his feet. He's, he's fine, he's fine. Uh, Stirfry's uh, feeling the change. Stirfry yanks his head back out of the ground. <sighs> oh, Albie, you've got that cool sword on your back now. You all look different. And that's cool to me. Cordelia unfreezes and um, she's sort of smiling at Albie and seeing her look lighter and happier. And she wipes the excess oil that's on her hands on the wall. <laughs> Great, yeah, you absolutely ruin a chart of like uh, of like how fairies mate. Good. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't notice. She just um... Ulcer does, and he's gonna like he's like compl- he is just like beat up, and he is going to uh, look over. And be like, ah, he's common knowledge. <laughs> Good, my friends. Before you leave, I would caution you: do not die before you get to the room. An inch before the room could put you thousands of miles away from the place you want to go. Uh, uh, DeBonesby, uh, DeBonesby had his back uh, to everybody as he was browsing his shelves, and he turns around, and you can see that he has put false eyeballs into his eye sockets that he found. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, like, of course, he's made it very clear. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. These. I've got eyeballs now. It's hard without, uh, like, you know, like uh, lids, Fred. You know, they're really big. <laughs> okay. Um, ulcer? Yes, yes. Or do you prefer Mr. Anatomies? Please, please, please call me ulcer. Mr. Anatomies is my brother. <laughs> oh, okay. And you did call me ulcer, so please keep doing that. <laughs> okay. Um, does it matter where in the room we are? Do we have to be... In the room, just in the room. Does it matter... Oop. How we do it? How you die? Yeah. Matters a great deal. How you... It's your own personal call. How you die defines very much of your afterlife. Oh, like, if you... If, like, for example, if it was... Like, we cut off our heads, we wouldn't have heads in the... Well, you would have the head and you would have the body, but never the two would meet. You would have to carry the head under your arm. If you were to get the sword through the head, the sword is through your head all the time that you are down there. If you are to get exploded, little bits of you are all over the place. Ooh, hmm. okay. Hmm. You'd be out of breath. It, it, it works different for each person. Just, you will know. Believe me, when the time comes, you will know your own way out. And, and, just to reiterate, all of us must give up something that we wish not to give up. And when you are down there, okay, to get in, you're gonna have to die, going to have to be in the yeah. room. The way you die is significant, must be significant to you. Someone else cannot choose for you, you must choose your own. Yes. When you're down there, yes. to get it uh-huh. back, you are going to yes. have to give up something you never thought you would be able to part with. Right. Oof, okay. This is homework for me to think about that, right? Sure. And this is homework for everyone to think about what we will give up that we don't want to give up, all right? I want everyone's confirmation here. This is our homework to think about before we die. And I th- I'm thinking poison, and I am personally thinking poison or at least a very bad meal. Bello looks down at his new tank. Yeah. 
And he goes, now I would caution you, my friends. Deals will be offered. Deals will be cut. You will be lied to. Be very careful about what you say yes to or what you agree to if you are there. Ulcer, one last question for me. Thank you so much for everything you shared. Um, we're being followed by a witch hunter. Is there anything we could do about that? Move fast. That's it? Do you have a recommendation for the fastest way out of the city? My friends, you are at a bit of a cross purposes here. You need to leave the city. Quickly. But the gates are guarded. There are only two exits and entrances. I, I suppose three, one that all of us know about now, but everything will be closely guarded. My recommendation to you, and he's going to like look around really quickly. He's going to do a bring it in. He uh, He's going to whisper and he's going to say, Make for Danica Town immediately. The rules of rule saving do not apply in Danica Town. Lay low there. And then when the time is right, leave. The rules of Rollsaven, they do not apply in Danica Town. It is a city within a city, older than the, the Empire itself. Rollsaven was built around Danica Town to contain it. Do not stay long, do not linger there, but lay low there. And then when the heat is off, leave. Is there someone there that we can talk to that will give us shelter? Do you have a contact? Do I have a contact in Danica Town? Do I ever? My contact's name is Little Pile. Tile? No. Little Pile. Pile with a P? Pile with a P. And as a local, I must ask, is it better to travel there now or wait until curfew is over and we are free to walk the streets? Relatively. Go now. Okay. Stir Fry's gonna go, um, grab, uh, Ulcer's hand and do a handshake and try to do the little tap and say, thank you very much, sir. You've helped all of my friends and that's cool. He's going to tap back and say, just, you say you just got stung. Just say the stung thing. Hey, you just got stung, daddy. Yes, I like you. I have to. (laughs) Yes. Okay, well. (laughs) Anyway, bye. Uh, and he's going to, he's going to nod and he's going to sort of, and, say, and remember what I told you. Don't die till we get to the room. Right, right. Uh, Stirfry's going to look back at Hot Roddy and be like, so, you coming, pal? Hot Roddy's uh, messed up, but all of this bullying that he's been engaging in and uh, these sort of quiet uh, little half bullies he's been doing to Stirfry have been sort of getting him back up to, uh, he's in bad shape, but he's doing better. Hot Roddy, remember the rules, Okay. Yeah, I remember the rules. I probably remember them better than you. Probably. All right, let's go. First rule, Bell must never be wrong for any... So you guys are just moving out, and uh, you head out into the night, heading to the northwest part of town, known as Danica Town, where things work a little differently than the rest of Ruleshaven. We'll have to find out about that next time on Rude Tales of Magic. But wait! As the camera lingers and moves back into anatomy's odds and end, we see Ulcer pacing back and forth nervously. <sighs> no, you did the right thing. You did what you had to do. You did the right thing. You did what you had to do. And he's going to walk uh, towards the uh, the back door of his store. He's going to open it. And behind the door, we see the witch hunter. 
She stands in the doorframe. Next to her is a completely deflated uh, uh, Joshi. His skin hangs slack and loose from his body. There is almost a full Joshi's worth of skin and bloat and excess, which is in a, uh, a wheelbarrow next to him. You see his gums uh, hanging out under his lips. It is a gruesome sight. Joshi looks dazed and uh, I would call this technically alive. Uh, Ulcer looks at the witch hunter and says, All right, I... I found them. I, I gave them the information. I gave them the real information, but, uh... So now you know they are here. The, uh, witch hunter is going to step forward and say... Oh, geez, and, uh... I, I, uh... I didn't actually ca- quite catch that last part there that you, uh... You said to him as you sent him out the door. He's gonna look up. He's gonna say... Yeah, that was by design. You weren't supposed to hear! She looks at him calmly and says... Well, I hope that was worth it there. And Ulcer Anatomies is going to... Uh, all of the life is just sucked out of his body very quickly, and he crumples to the ground and falls dead. Except for his beard, which detaches from his face and floats gently to the ground. See you next time on Rude Tales of Magic! Dang. Whoa. Oh my. Dunk, Oof. dunk! Oh no. Dunk, dunk. Ah, yes. Quite the rude tale, indeed. That was Ali Fisher as Cordelia, Carly Monardo as Albie, Christopher Hastings as Frederick de Bonesby, Tim Platt as Stir Fry, Joe Lepore as Bello, and Branson Reese as Everything and Everyone Else. Rude Tales of Magic is produced by Taylor Moore at Fortunate Horse. He sounds nice. With additional sound design by Michael Gelfi, and with the infinite dark beneficence of Sidney and Benjamin Paul. See you next time, weary traveler, when you most desire even more Rude Tales of Magic. That was a HeadGum Podcast.